Welcome to Sound Leadership with DJ, the podcast that dives deep into the world of leadership. If you're passionate about learning from the brightest minds in the field, you're in the right place. In each episode, we embark on an inspiring leadership journey. We'll unravel the secrets behind their achievements from their early beginnings to their current roles. We'll explore the unique paths they've traveled to reach their present status. We'll dive into their biggest challenges and learn from their pivotal lessons they've learned along the way. Today, it's like no other episode. We have a special guest joining us, Ralph Peterson, the CEO of The Core 14, a business solution company that helps senior care organizations focus on and achieve the highest quality outcomes for their residents, families, employees, and key stakeholders. Ralph has a wealth of experience in the senior care industry and is passionate about bringing light to the amazing benefits of the Quality Award program through ACA and Intel. Join us as we sit down with Ralph Peterson, capturing his experiences and insights. So whether you're an experienced leader seeking to sharpen your skills or a newcomer embarking on your own leadership journey, Sound Leadership with DJ has something for you. But wait, we always want you to stay connected and stay updated. So you can stay connected to us and stay up to date by liking and following our social media pages. Join us on LinkedIn and YouTube at Sound Leadership with DJ where we share updates and provide additional content and behind the scenes glimpses of episodes just like this. And don't forget, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Music, Alexa, iHeartRadio, and more. Simply search for Sound Leadership with DJ and hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. So if you're ready, I want you to buckle up, be prepared to be inspired, motivated, empowered to become the best leader you can. Let's dive into this world of leadership together. Welcome, Ralph. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk leadership. It's my favorite subject. It is my favorite subject as well. This is why I host Sound Leadership with DJ, and I get esteemed leaders like yourself and, and, and various other leaders that we've had on this on this platform. Um, so we're excited to talk. I, I did that intro, and, and as I always say, it does no justice, right? I see something behind you that, that I want that, that I didn't cover. So, you know, tell us, who is Ralph Peterson? I am a former Marine, if you can't tell, a proud American, proud Marine. And so uh, I wear it proudly. Uh, you know, a yes. lot of people, um, it's, it's very, it's an interesting time where you shouldn't, you know, some people would say that you shouldn't Storybox audio. Uh, be so pro-America nowadays, you're going to trigger somebody. But um, you know what? I get triggered by people not pro-America. So <laughs> that's how it goes. Understand. Understand. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I didn't even capture that. So, you know, both of my brothers are, are in the service um, or were in the service. So they were Marines. I, I stayed home. But, you know, when when I talk to them, they're leaders. They're, they're, they, you know, they, they were born leaders and, and the Marines exemplified it. So talk to us, talk to us, give us that introduction. You know, how did you get into leadership? How did you get to where you are today? What does leadership mean? I know it's a, a loaded question, but who was Ralph Peterson with the Marines standing right behind him? Gosh, that, there's so many ways to take this, <clears throat> to take this question. Let me, let me start with, with just what the Marine Corps does. Yes. The Marine Corps does not make leaders. Okay. It's not what the Marine Corps does. What the Marine Corps does is it, it forces you to be, be accountable and responsible for not only yourself, but for everybody around you. 
and they hold you accountable as accountable as anybody else through any part of a chain. So from the, the four-star general at the top to the, to the private or PFC at the bottom, if you're in that chain of command, you are ultimately responsible. And that is, if there's like, if there's, if there's a, a thing that is the foundation of all good managers, all good leaders, it is those who have the ability and the willingness to take the responsibility for not only their actions, but for others. That is the foundation. And so not everybody in the Marine Corps becomes a great leader or yes. a great manager. Yes. What the Marine Corps does is it establishes the foundation. It yes. starts and ends with you. It's all about personal responsibility. If yeah. you don't want to take on personal responsibility for your own actions or your actions of your team, then you're simply never going to say, hey, I want to be in charge. Yes. You can count on me. Go ahead and promote me. So yes. just it, it's an interesting it's an interesting situation to find ourselves in because there is a you know, where everybody, especially in senior care, and maybe not especially in senior care, it's the only industry I work in. So in my industry anyway, yes, all we hear is about is a staffing challenge. Staffing yes. crisis. I don't know if you've heard, but it's dire out there. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, I know. <laughs> as, as, and, and I'm not downplaying it. It really is a challenge. Yes. But it pales, pales in comparison to the real challenge that we have, the real shortage that we have in this country, in senior care, in my industry, that's leadership. Nobody wants to be a manager. Nobody wants to take responsibility. Nobody wants to step up. And quite honestly, for good reason. I mean, there's there's the 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 person who says, yes, I'm in charge. Yes, I'll be responsible. Yes, you can count on me is always the first person we attack. So it's disconcerting when you're asking somebody to step up and do a leadership role. They're like, ah, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's a it's a it's a silly kind of comparison. But there used to be if you could be on an airplane and somebody yes. have a medical emergency and they would say, is there a doctor on board? Yes. And if there were a doctor on board, when I was a kid, if there were a doctor on board, they would immediately jumped out of their seat and went and did whatever they could to help that person. Today, that is not the case. Is there a doctor on board? There could be a full plane full of doctors and they're all going, you know what? The last time I did this, I got sued for trying to help. And, that, you know, and so nobody's even raising their hands anymore. Yes. That is a big challenge with leadership. That's the big challenge. I got to tell you, you asked a, an interesting question. I don't get asked a lot. And that is how I got into management. Yes. Why do I yes. want to be a manager? Like what, what, what's the driver for me? And quite honestly, it was, it was at the dinner table, being a young kid, listening to my mom and my dad be completely bullied and railroaded by their manager. Wow. My parents wow. never had a good manager. Never. I mean, I don't think, you, you know, if they, even if they were to talk about it today, about all the jobs they had and the positions they held, like, I don't know that they ever had a single manager who gave one iota about them. You know, my mom had four kids. I'm the youngest of four. And you could imagine her trying to go to work get a job, work part-time and hold any kind of stability when you have four kids at home is challenging. 
And my mom was a LNA. An LNA, by the way, is just like a CNA or an STNA, depending on where you are in the country, except an LNA is a licensed nursing assistant. And the her boss would be like, hey, I need you to work this weekend. And my mom's like, I can't work this weekend. I have four kids. And they would threaten her job. Well, then maybe you don't have a job then. You know, like that's the kind of thing. And so hearing those stories as a kid, the, I, the first time I got into a leadership position, which by the way, I did not know. And this is what they don't tell you. I did not know what kind of, what would happen? What does happen when you become a manager? Yeah. It is ridiculously insane. The yes. ego, the big head, the I'm in charge. Like you don't want to, you don't want that lustful feeling of power, but holy moly, it is consuming. And I yes. found acting just like all the managers my parents were talking about. I was like, I was like, you know how easy it is to be a controlling, yes. you know, I, my way or the highway, you know, kind of a, it is so easy. And the intoxication of the power, oh my gosh. It takes a lot of work. A lot of self-work, at least it did on my end, to calm down. Yeah. Stop it. And, and that's what leaders have to learn, right? So I think, as you, as you mentioned, right, Marines don't build leaders. People aren't natural leaders. You no. have to learn and grow and continue to have self-awareness. If you don't have self-awareness, you have nothing. And what you stated was you had to calm down. Now, I'm sure when you became that leader that you didn't want to be, you ran into some challenges. So how did you know you've arrived at that spot where you was you was now that monster that bullied your mom and bullied your parents? How did you recognize that? Super easy. I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I, got I, I, I got fired the first five times I was promoted into a leadership position. I was fired. The first five times in my life that I've ever been promoted, I was quickly terminated because I could not handle the responsibility. I couldn't, and I didn't mean to have favorites. I didn't mean to like my friend more than anybody else. I didn't mean to, to be dismissive or, you know, when you, when you, when you uh, decide what kind of a person you are, or not even decide, when you just look at it, the way you think about yourself, you don't think of yourself as a mean ogre. You don't think of yourself as somebody who is, who is uh, unfair, who is, who is um, power hungry, who is, you know, I, I, I am for the little guy. You know, that's how I see myself. I'm one of the little guys. I grew up in an environment that was always being put down by people who had more power than us. And I always wanted to be the truth defender. That's why I got into leadership in the first place. And then to find myself on the other side of that paradigm, holy moly, what a wake up call. And you would think that I got the wake up call the first time I got fired. Nope. Second time. Nope. Third. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what leadership is, right? It's learning. And that's just what personal growth is, right? What I hear you describing is personal growth. And mm -hmm. we can't be afraid of personal growth. We can't be afraid to say, you know what? I was wrong. I didn't do that right. 
And what you called off is, is very important. And I think that's why cultures fail. Leaders have favorites. Leaders turn a blind eye. But that's not necessarily leadership. You have to check your ego at the door and check your friendship at the door. One of the things I'm proud to say I don't do is I don't hire friends or family. I'm just going to let you know because it's hard. It's very easy to blur the line. And as much as I try not to, what I found is when I did hire friends and family, I was harder on them. Mm-hmm. I was because I wanted to prove <laughs> that they weren't the favorite. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> so what was I really doing as a leader? What was I doing? You know what's so funny is if we if we turn that on its head, just yes. turn what you just said on its head a little bit. Another thing that I learned is that you're not going to like all your employees. Right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you want to be an effective manager, truthfully, if you want to be an effective manager, they can never know. If so your true. employees know that you don't like them, yeah. You might as well go home. Yeah. It's not going to work out well for you. You, you just, yeah. you, you've got to become the best, either, either become the very best actor in the universe or find some things to like about and appreciate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and if you, if you can't pretend, be genuine. Right. But yeah. they can never, ever know. I'm, I've never been in more trouble faster than when I let somebody know I didn't like them. Yeah. In you know, however way. I'm going to counter that, and, and, and I really do this on Sound Leadership with DJ, but what people will say about me and they respect me the most is they will always know where they stand. And, and you know, sometimes to my detriment, right? But you always <laughs> know where you stand. <laughs> it's to my detriment sometimes. But you always know where you stand. But I, I will echo. I will go with that, right? You, you can't let them know that you don't like them. So, you know, um, you, you have to find a reason to, 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 to like the person. For me, what I've always found is if – I. I I'm a black and white person, right? You're quality. You help people with quality. You love quappy. I love quappy. We love data. And what does data tell us? It's facts. It's either black or white. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> they're doing their job or they're not. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to like you. Either you're doing your job and you got a job or you're not and you're unemployed. You know, yeah. so I, I can take out that separation of, uh, you know, this person is not, you know, the best for me. And, and I'll share with you, right? Many of my viewers know I started out as a CNA, right? I, I, I expounded that on in my 10th episode. I wrote a leadership book on it. I started off as a CNA, worked my way up to an LPN, RN, DON, all that. But what was interesting is, right, is when I became an administrator, many employees left right away because they thought I was going to treat them how they treated me. Ah. <laughs> they thought I was just, you know, I was at CNA. Remember, you know, you're a nurse. Sometimes they go after CNA and vice versa, right? So people thought I was going to treat them that way, and, and I didn't. And then and they end up coming back and say, well, you're totally different. I say, well, my scope of practice is different. I'm here to run an organization. An administrator is the CEO of the nursing home. You are in charge of every aspect, 14 departments. You are in charge of the PL. It's your job to make the nursing home run. I'm not worried about what you did to me as a CNA 12 years ago. I, I can't be worried about that. Now, is it in my head as we move forward? Does it impact hiring decisions if you come in front of me and you want me to hire you? Well, of course. But if you're already working there, it's either you're doing your job or you're not. Are you an effective person or, or are you not? That's what it boils down to. But, you know, I had to learn as a leader, right? I, I wasn't always this type of leader. And, you know, I, I, as we talked, right? You've learned. You, you had to be fired, terminated, asked to part ways. You know, they call it different things, right? 
five different times. But at some point, you got it. And and what was that clicking point, right? Obviously, the fifth time was the clicking point. But what what was it? Were you sitting at home like, you know what? I can't just keep getting fired and not being No, 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 no. <laughs> you, know what, you know what my big problem was? Is that I kept getting promoted. So that should be the question. Like, why do you even keep getting promoted? Like, that's a ridiculous thing. Like, if you keep getting <laughs> fired every time you're promoted – how about you stop taking promotions, right? And then to the employers, why do you keep promoting this guy? Like, what's so good about yes. this guy? Well, I'll tell you what's so good about me is I've always just been a really good worker. I've always shown up on time. I don't leave early. I don't have a bunch of excuses. I enjoy working. I enjoy participating. I enjoy teaching. So I was always... The one being asked, you know, hey, so-and-so just took another job. We have an open position. And I would start to just go, uh, not for me. No, thanks. You know, we get, you know, like, you know, so let's sit down and let's just have coffee. Like, what, do, why don't you, you'd be really good at being a manager. Like, why don't you want to give it a try? And I would be like, well, because I've tried a hundred times and it never works out well for me. <laughs> and um, I had, I had a, a guy pull me aside and he said, I'll, I'll, I want you to be a manager for me and I'll teach you how to do it. The problem so far is nobody's ever taught you how to manage. Uh, and I was isn't like, that interesting though. How, how many times are people promoted because no one else applied? No one wanted the job, <laughs> all that, right? A lot of times these managers, these directors, they get the job because they were the only one that shot their shot and they got the job. And but oftentimes we just get talked into it. Yeah. You get the job and it's like, okay, you're on to your own. Go lead. Well, if 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 we are a victim of circumstances, meaning if we model after what we see, then we didn't see an effective leader. And we're going to put that out there. And I think that's what you stated you've done, right? Nobody trained you until you got to this point. That's right. That's right. And you know what's so funny is I remember distinctly like getting promoted and saying, you know, well, what do I do? And they'd go, just get everybody to work like you do. <laughs> I mean, that's like telling me that I can solve world hunger if I teach them how I eat. Like, what, what do you, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even know how I became the worker I am. Like, I don't know. I just showed up. I showed, You said move that over there. I moved it over there. <laughs> you told him move that over there, and he said, "Why?" I didn't say why. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But this guy, this guy taught me the the five rules of management, and he not only that, but he he really worked with me. He allowed me to make mistakes, and that's a big thing. Most yes. managers nowadays are not allowed to make mistakes. If you make a mistake. If you get if you get an employee to go to your boss and say he treated me such a way or rolled his eyes or raised his voice or cursed not at me but used a curse word around me and I don't think it's right I mean I've been fired for that See but let, let's 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 talk <laughs> leadership let's dive yeah. into it Yeah yeah what I see often in 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 leadership in nursing homes hospitals, anything with a survey, well, that person is no longer with us. That's how we corrected the deficit. You didn't correct anything by terminating someone. No, you, you don't you correct didn't anything. Fix anything. Nobody learns. Nobody changes. 
Nobody learned, nobody changed it. You you got fired five times, but it took somebody to say, let me train you. You can get fired as many times you want, but it's somebody trains you and guides you and coaches you. That's when you become better. And you're, you witness, you're a product of that. The World Management Organization, which is an organization out of Switzerland, um, a handful of years ago came out with a, a terrible statistic that they said two-thirds – well, first let me tell you how many people are promoted into a leadership each year. It's The number is 5 million. 5 million people are promoted for first time into a leadership position. 5 wow. million. Two-thirds, 3.3 million of them get terminated within the first 90 days. <laughs> What are we talking about? And and just think about it. Wow. Who are we promoting? We're promoting yeah. our best employees. The people yeah. who we were like, God, I wish I had yeah. a ditto machine. I would make eight of her. She's the one we promote in less than 90 days. We're terminating her. And we're nine out of 10 times we're terminating them after over something silly, mm-hmm. something correctable, something that did, you know could have been prevented. I mean, yes. it's just. Oh. It's it's because that's the easy thing, right? Who, who nobody has time to spend time with people to train yeah. them and mold them. So I applaud yeah. these facilities who have you know training programs and leadership camps, right? I work for a company out in Michigan, and you know this is at the height of COVID when we should not have been doing some of the things we were doing. But what our leadership did is said, hey, we still want to focus on leadership, even in the height of COVID. It, it was crazy at the time, but it, it kind of distracted us to, 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 to keep us on track. So they gave me that book. And I forget the name of it. I always forget the name of it. Um, but it was like Pike's Place. I'm sure you, you've read the oh, book. Oh, yeah, Pike's Place, one, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one of fish and all that leadership, Love right? Pike and, Place. Yeah. But Pike's it was, here, it was yeah. that training that they gave. Instead of saying, hey, we're going to terminate or we're going to do this, right? They they continue to train people. And organizations don't do that, right? They don't spend that time, right? Because it costs some money. But how much money does it cost to term, throw the ad out there, interview 17 candidates, don't need any of them, don't like any of them, and then finally find one, hire them? What's that cycle? It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It, it's not even – it used to be – we used to ask that question, like, what is the turnover cost, right? Yes. What is it? And it's no longer that's no longer a good question, and, yeah. or or it's no longer a relevant question. And the reason yes. is because when there was plenty of staff around, you could easily go, uh, "Give me an attitude, and I'll just replace you with somebody else." Well, yeah. now I can't replace you, <laughs> and so now I'm being forced as an employer to go. Hold on, uh, now I'm going to tolerate bad behavior. Yeah. Instead of not tolerate bad behavior, whereas what we should have been doing the whole time is working with training, yeah. setting standards, being clear with our values, our goals yeah. as an organization. You know, you know, I, I did a, a podcast with Nina and uh, last week, Nina, um, please check out that episode if, if, if the viewers hadn't seen it. And we talked about the culture and what happens is leaders become afraid to terminate because we're going to be short staffed. But if we leave those vultures in there, we're short staff anyway because they're just running away people. They're what we, we call can't do that. in management, we call them captive employees. Have you ever heard that turn of phrase? Yes. A yes. captive employee is somebody who is not interested in helping you, not interested in helping you have a good survey, not interested in helping you make money, not interested in helping you get your census up, not even interested in helping you provide good care. Yeah. And they have no intention of going anywhere. They're not quitting. 
right? They're showing up every day. They're not late. Yes. They're not leaving early, but they get there and they are not doing, they don't yeah. care about anything, but they're not going anywhere. Those are called captive employees and they can be, you know, th there's the other thing too, and you kind of just hit on it, man, we hire anybody. Our hiring standards have gone so low. It's like when you, I know <laughs> you have a pulse. If you, if, if you hire garbage, then you only have the option of providing garbage care. And, you know, and let's be, and let's be clear too. I just want to put this out there because I, I get super passionate about, about management, but I just want to add, I work in an industry where it is the last days weeks, months of people's lives we're talking about. And too many people today are passing away and the last three, four, five weeks, months, years have been miserable because of the sub, sub the type of care they're getting. And the type of care they're getting, which is less than acceptable, is all direct result of management. It has nothing to do with anything else. Management's the only one who has control. And so I get super fired up about it because it really makes a difference. I'm not selling cars. You know, I'm not selling cars. That's not what I do. I'm trying to create an environment where people can spend the end of their life as comfortable as possible. But it goes back to leadership, training, and education. If I haven't had to train them to change the culture, if I haven't been told that I need to be a change agent and how to be a change agent, then I can't be a change agent. I won't be an effective change agent. See, what happens is, back to our point, when it gets tough, well, let's rehire so-and-so that we termed six months ago because they're going to be a different person now, right? Let's let's know. They're not a different person. <laughs> they're not a different person. I, I left an organization before I moved to Hawaii, and bless their souls, they hired everyone that I termed. See, I would rather work short with a happy staff than work with full staff and they're miserable, and the patients are miserable. And now my grievances are through the roof. Now the ombudsman is breathing down my neck. And then the state's here again saying, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so, what are you doing about it? Yeah, I, I, right. I, I'd rather be there, right? Because at the end of the day, I am a nurse. I'll get out there, help pass waters, do what I need to do. I've done it. I've helped change. I, I will get in there and lead by example. And I show leadership by terming the people who are wolves, as I call them, right? They are wolves. They are eating the other sheep. There's no reason to eat the other sheep, right? So I'm going to follow my process. I don't go right to termination, right? I'm going to talk to you first off the record. I always tell people, this is your one talk off the record. Then next time we talk, I'm going to document it. Then it's going to be a physical writer. We're going to follow that process. But I want to have that heart to heart. Hey, what's going on? Maybe there's an issue at home. Maybe you're ill-informed. Maybe, you, you know, somebody's bullying you and you're just pro pro uh, projecting on someone else, right? I want to get to the meat and potatoes, but... You know, as a leader, how I get to the meat and potatoes and how I act as a change agent is I'm not sitting in that office. I know what's going on on my floor. I hold monthly staff meetings. I'm in the trenches. They know me by name and they know I'll pop up at any time. <laughs> that's change agent. Yeah, that's the way you have to be. And I, I just read an article. God, I can't think of his name. I want to because I want to give him credit. But I just read an article by a guy who was talking about the difference between managers today in senior care and managers during COVID. He's like, during COVID, every manager was super attentive to their staff. We yeah. met with them. We talked about yeah. the changes. We we all had the same fears. We're all on the yes. same page. We were fighting the same demon. Yes. And now it's back to 
yes. staying in our office, you know, not, not engaging, not walking yes. the units, not knowing anybody. I mean, I, I was just touring with an administrator at four o'clock in the afternoon and we went up on the second floor and she had to introduce herself to the staff. They never, they had never met the administrator. I was like, I didn't say anything. You know, I'm just <laughs> walking. I'm just touring. But I'm like, what kind of, wait, you don't know anybody up here? She's like, no, I'm, not, I'm usually not here. I'm like, Yeah, that happens more than you think, right? They, they don't come no, it's mind-blowing because how is that leadership and how are we changing the culture and moving it forward if the leaders don't if, if the staff don't know who you are now I, I i tell people i pride myself in, in being able to recognize faces it's, it's sometimes impossible for me to remember 150 to 200 staff staff name but i can recognize faces and you know who i am because we hold those mandatory staff meetings and i do those trainings where everybody get my number you know one of the things i did as a leader to make sure i set the tone right from the start i attended orientation I had a bit in orientation and my bit was always about abuse, abuse and neglecting who you report to. So you would never say you didn't know who the abuse coordinator was. So you learned on day one. I introduced. And because I like food, I ate lunch with you every time there was orientation. I ate lunch with them. So that was leadership. And that started from the top. But, you know, leaders fail to do that. And once again, it goes back to the training, the education, being a change agent, all the things that you've outlined that, leaders fail to have and, and 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 it's just interesting to to kind of you know do this podcast and speak with other leaders and it continues to rain in every podcast right they come with your viewpoint of, of what leadership is now as, as we move down this path of leadership right how do leaders stay engaged how do leaders not burn out what are your thoughts on that because leading leadership is hard right especially during covid right leadership no matter where you i mean you could have been at the dealership leadership was hard but how as a leader should we stay engaged and, and not burn out and because when we burn out right it, it projects onto our staff so how do we re stay refreshed and energetic what are your thoughts on that well i i'm going to take a little bit of a side so i'm a little bit most of the managers that I work with are also employees. Okay. Meaning if you're short staffed, then it's traditional. You're yes. going to go be a CNA. You're going to yep. go be a, you know, you're going to be a, um, you're going to work the line in the kitchen. You're going to be a housekeeper today if you're short staffed. And I think that is probably the number one reason on why managers don't want to be managers and it's why burnout happens at leadership. Burnout should never happen at a leadership level. Never, never, never. Like it, managing is the funnest job in the world if you don't also have a job in support of that job. The problem is you, you promote a housekeeping manager and you give them all the, hey, it's so wonderful. We're so happy to, to promote you to a leadership position. Probably maybe your first time being a manager. And we're going to help you in all the ways we can. And then the very next day you go, oh, well, so-and-so called out. So I just want you to be a housekeeper. And, you know, being the highest paid housekeeper for some may sound like a great idea. For a person in management, it is a kick in the chops it is the most disrespectful yes. it is the most blatant sideways way of letting me know immediately that i am yes. nothing more than an, a, a, an employee who you yeah. can boss around more because i'm a managing employee the first thing i would recommend anybody look at anybody in a position 
where you're hiring managers, especially in senior care, stop making your managers work and work in job routines. And I know you're going to be like, well, what do you, when you're short staffed, you're short staffed. No, when you're short staffed, you manage better. You become more efficient with your time and your employees time. You become a faster walker. So you can see the whole building a time and time and time again, when you're short staffed to offer support and guidance and problem solving. But if you drop your, if you answer a call like, as a manager, you are no longer managing. You are only answering the call line. If you are, you have a housekeeper down on C-Wing and you decide you're going to go be the C-Wing housekeeper, you no longer, you have taken, you have given up your management op your abilities. You've said, nope, you can keep the title that I've been working so hard for. I'm just going to go ahead and be a housekeeper today. I say it's completely disrespectful. I think it's the number one reason why people don't want to be a manager because they see everybody else being pushed around and bullied that way. It's the worst way to manage and it's a terrible way to get things done. My opinion. Now. Hey, there we have it. That's part one of our two part series of Ralph Peterson. I hope you're enjoying this. And if you are enjoying this episode, please consider liking and sharing Sound Leadership with DJs youtube page sound leadership with dj's linkedin page your like and share mean the world to me as you can see ralph peterson is passionate about the world of leadership and he has even more to tell you on his second episode coming up next week at 7 30 p.m on tuesday thank you so much for watching i'll see you soon